When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Welcome. Ice cream and human-powered flight. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. In Cambridge, Massachusetts, by the shore of the Atlantic Ocean, amidst hunkering hordes of scientists and engineers and students hungry for knowledge and ice cream, a cozy store called Toscanini's Ice Cream is in some ways the center of it all. Here, are some flash-frozen bits of history from Toscanini's ice cream techno-sociologist, Gus Rancatori. Tell me about human flight and ice cream. We probably contributed in a small way to providing energy to the MIT student who was the human-powered element in Project Daedalus, which was a human-powered flight program that a group of MIT students were working on early in the life of Toscanini's. Most of your incredibly educated listeners will remember Daedalus and Icarus. Some people at MIT decided that they would realize what may have been a myth, that they would create a human-powered flying machine. And they chose something similar to a bicycle to power the bicycle. They got a healthy but not intimidatingly so bicyclist to provide the get-up-and-go for the bicycle. He used to come in to Toscanini's, probably with other people working on the project, and they would inevitably say to the server, you know who this is. And he enjoyed, I think, a small amount of fame. He was very friendly. But what I remember most about him wasn't that he was part of the successful human-powered flight experiment, but that he also made an effort which would be difficult to ascertain at being the person who took the longest to graduate from MIT. I've heard of similar efforts at the University of Texas. I think maybe every school that's been around for a while has... Yeah, that somebody spent 11 years or... Any idea how long this fellow had spent? Is he still there? No, but I haven't seen him in a while. But recently, a woman who knew him came by. She could have been approaching her 25th reunion at Toscanini's. And she kind of said, I don't know if you remember me. Of course, I did remember her because she had a vivid personality. She did many things. She was also part of the MIT women's hockey team. The coach of the hockey team was also the guy who was the human-powered flight. It was part of his ongoing efforts to stay at MIT but never graduate that he kept doing different things. And he would show up like five or six years later when he was on the verge of uh, disappearing into the memory hole. And he would say, hi, do you remember me? And I go, yeah, what have you been doing? I remember that there was an interval where he claimed to have been a bush pilot in Africa. I'm not sure that's true. Not sure anything was true. He was one of the people at MIT who enjoyed being mythic. Well, the bicycle-driven airplane was not mythic. It was, in a way, an, an inspiration. 
No, but being the person in the Daedalus project was was mythic enough, I think. It was the real, honest-to-goodness, ice-cream-powered, human-powered element. Hoping to someday fly close to the sun. Correct. Or not too close to the sun. He showed up. I'd actually, at the end of this conversation, I'll write the woman I know who I think lives in Minnesota and say, whatever happened to him? He did eventually graduate, I believe. We had an ice cream maker who had a similar story. He arrived at MIT from a small town um, in the middle of the country. He was very smart. He was enrolled in a special program MIT had where you got an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in five or six years. He was an electrical engineer. And after he'd been in the program for a while, he kind of flamed out. It became unnerving. You know, Toscanini's is not part of the academic environment, but watching this person who'd been working very hard in this very demanding program suddenly stop working and make a lot of ice cream. And I said to him, what are you doing? I mean, I'm getting concerned about your academic progress. I remember he said since he was a child, he'd always wanted to know how computers worked. And now that he knew how they worked, he didn't care anymore. So he made ice cream for a while and he left MIT somewhat ignominiously and moved to, I think, the West Coast where he got a job grape picking. And the grape picking job turned into a winemaking job and the winemaking job turned into a doctorate at University of California, Davis, which has a famous wine program. And finally, he came back and got his undergraduate degree just to make his parents happy. How good an ice cream maker was he? He was a very good ice cream maker. A lot of people at places like MIT are very diligent at almost anything they apply themselves to. It's their nature. I had a friend who taught poetry at MIT, and I asked her once about her students. And she said most of them didn't have a lot of background reading and writing poetry. But by the end of the semester or the end of the year, they were much better students and much better poets and much better readers of poetry than most of the students she'd encountered elsewhere. There's something to be said for sheer hard work. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. The podcast is a quasi-kinda-sorta-secret outgrowth of the magazine, Annals of Improbable Research. I inveigle you to subscribe to the magazine and buy some back issues. Also get some details about the 2020 Ig Nobel Prize Ceremony and how we're coping with the copious constraints of the COVID-19 pandemic. Also get some info about how you can help via our Patreon. All this at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast... We are going to look at something or other. Until then. Goodbye. Goodbye.